Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Welcome, everybody, to After Impact. This is the show where Tom Bilyeu and I unpack the impact of the episode this week with Olympia LaPointe. And guess what? You're starting with me because Tom is over here. We're having some microphone issues that we're trying to get sorted out. Thank you for joining us on YouTube Live and Facebook Live. Uh, This is the show, as you know, where we go deep. We ask questions about the episode, and we really try to understand the ideas that were expressed ask your questions. We're doing it on Friday this week, which is atypical. We usually do this show on Wednesday, but we wanted to try this time out to see if this gave you a little bit more time to watch the episode, think about it, digest it, and then really join our conversation and ask your questions. So let us know in the comments if you think this is a better day for you, or if you prefer it on Wednesday. We would love to hear. All right, our guest this week is Olympia LaPointe. Hopefully you checked out her episode. Um, It's pretty incredible. Her story is super inspiring. She is a mathematics expert um, and also a rocket scientist. She's also a public speaker currently who inspires audiences all over. And she's the author of the books Mathophobia and the newly released Answers Unleashed. So definitely check her out if you get a chance. But um, she didn't start that way. Uh, she, she started in a very different place. She grew up in South Los Angeles in uh, very difficult circumstances, uh, you know, single parent home, um, didn't have a lot of opportunities growing up. And she essentially built her life from that starting point and has an amazing story about um, what she did to her mind and her decision making process to get there. And we're going to dive into that as soon as we get the mics situated. A couple of quick announcements that we have going on. So this week we launched the Alexa skill on uh, Amazon, the Amazon Echo. So if you have an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Echo Dot, go and enable the Tom Bilyeu skill. You can now get motivation from Tom in your flash briefing every single day. It's going to be recorded, unique content um, that you can't get anywhere else. So if you have one of those devices, go check it out. We're really investing in voice because we think there's a lot of opportunity there and it's a new and exciting platform 
and we think that's the direction a lot of things will go. Tom has a microphone now. Hey, hey everybody. I feel like an old school sports announcer. I am Howard Cosell today. It's good to be joining the show. What was great this was is amazing. as I was trying to give the announcements, like everything was literally falling apart right here off the Yeah, camera. it was incredible. It was you getting... did a very good job. I'm super impressed. It went from bad to worse. It did go from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah. So um, last minute changes are always very dangerous yeah. and lesson learned. We learned. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So those are our announcements. Alexa skill. Um, and this is a new time for After Impact. So if you enjoy it, please leave that in the comments. If you'd rather have it on Wednesday, let us know. And we can kick it off. So I Let's want to talk about, Tom, um, Olympia's story. If you could give a quick recap of kind of where she started and then just hear from you why her story and stories like hers resonate with you so much. Well, it, this is super interesting for me on a personal level because she grew up. So the kid that I used to big brother for is a kid named Rashawn, and he grew up in the exact area that she grew up in South central, right around USC. It was mm -hmm. really cool to hear her tell that story about part of what became that beacon of hope for her was that she saw the kids going to USC. And so she knew there was something else. She knew there was like something beyond her circumstances. And if she could like grab on to that thing, which, you know, education, then she might be able to get out of her circumstances. And that was how I felt working with Rashawn. Like I wanted him to see that there was another world and it's, Oh man, it's interesting. I never thought of this before, but it's really, it's a lot like when people talk about, okay, there's more dimensions than the four dimensions that we think of, um, that make up, you know, space time. Right. And I'm always like, how the hell do you like, how is that possible? How can there be something like right here, right now? And I just don't see it, experience it, whatever. And that is for her growing up right by USC. That's it. Like, Outside of the walls of that school, you were in one of the worst areas in the country. Yeah. But inside the walls of that school, you're in this just beautiful campus, this place of unimaginable knowledge. And, and I mean, this was when I was there. It was before the internet. So it was like having all these libraries and so many books. And you felt like for any Game of Thrones fans out there, you know, you feel like Sam, who's at the, you know, studying to be a maester. Yeah. And it's like all these books and in a time where that was just incredibly rare. Exactly. Yeah. So for her to, to be that close to an entirely different world or an entirely different dimension, if you want to think of it like that is really, really fascinating. So it becomes this beacon for her. So when I think about what we're trying to do at impact theory, it's to bring more people inside that wall to make content that's available to anybody that anybody can access. And then get out of their circumstance, to move from one dimension to the other, to understand that there's a permeal membrane between all of this and that membrane is your mindset and that you can, I don't know, I'm going deep on this like biology uh, thing here, but you can like cross the membrane, right? And mm. it's actually very, very easy. Uh, it's very, very simple. It's not easy. Mm. And it takes an incredible amount of work. And she is a story of somebody who put in that work. Mm -hmm. And so this story resonates with me on a lot of levels. Um, one, it's so familiar to me, the places that she's talking about, the people that she's seeing. And then on top of that, she is exactly the kind of person that I want to reach. And I used to refer to this when I was back at Quest as mining for astronauts. I got so close. If I'd called it mining for rocket scientists, uh, I would be losing my mind right now because that was, that was like my thing of these kids could be the next astronaut. They could mm -hmm. be the next Einstein. They could be like whatever they want. There's unimaginable 
raw, I hate using the word talent, but I don't have a, like humans as a, a data processing machine, as a, as a machine, as something that's capable of being programmed to do extraordinary things, but they have to be programmed, right? And so whatever software they get will determine the effectiveness of the hardware, but the hardware is unbelievable in its potential. Yeah. And it really was in this time that I, I became obsessed with this notion of there's a difference between having potential and then doing something with it. She's done something with her potential. And so that's what I find so extraordinary. And to give people a little more detail on her story, so grows up in the inner cities, was not like somebody that just, she's not like that undiscovered 190 IQ, right? Like right. she really struggled and she failed algebra, she failed geometry, she failed calculus and chemistry. And through all of that though, begins to think like, okay, I, I still failed, but I feel like I'm getting it. I feel like I'm beginning to understand something that I didn't understand yesterday, that if I take people up on their offers for tutoring or whatever, which is one of the stories she tells in the episode, that I feel like I could really do something. And so she keeps putting in the work and putting in the work and putting in the work and never getting discouraged by how seemingly bad she is. And that's so cool. Like, and, and oh man, that, that is what makes her extraordinary. Like somehow she was able to see through that mm -hmm. to be excited about getting out, to be excited about what she could learn enough to fight through, to actually gain the skills. Yeah. I love the story. And I want to go a little bit deeper on environment and the role that it plays. And like you said, um, when you were doing the big brother program, you were trying to bring that person into a new environment. And it sounds like that really flipped a switch for, um, Olympia and seeing, you know, people at the university and then later going on to when she was able to go to the magnet school in a different neighborhood and seeing that neighborhood. And I know that it's like, it's changed me on levels too, of just going from, you know, growing from Bakersfield to then moving to a bigger city like Los Angeles, or even in your experience coming from, uh, Tacoma, Washington, and, and then coming down to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it is about really changing your environment that can completely reframe how you think about the world. What an unexpected and lovely question. So when I was in, right before I met Lisa, I was going to move to New York. And this was sort of the height of, I don't know how the hell I'm going to break into filmmaking. Like, where am I going with my life? I don't want to be a teacher forever. Like, what do I do? And there is something so innate to humans to like want to change your environment, to have some drastic, and maybe not for everybody because most people live and die three miles from where they're born. I cannot believe that's true. And then I think about my parents who spent, you know, with a brief exception, it's very cool. They lived in Japan for a while. Oh, wow. so my dad was in the military. Oh, that's right. Um, my sister was born in Japan, as weird wow. as that is. Uh, and, but they, until my dad recently, when he retired, then he moved quite far. But until then, like they lived, my mom still lives walking distance from where she grew up, which is like crazy town to me. Um, and my dad lived very, very close. So it, it, some people have that thing, me included, where when you feel lost, hopeless, whatever, like your instinct is radically change your environment. And part of it is the sense of adventure. And part of it is just understanding that we all respond to our environment. We all respond to the people that are around us. And there's either, for me, it was intuitive because I didn't have like a clear sense of my emotional state is built by the people that I'm around. Like I didn't understand that, but I knew that like, I just want to change. Now, the problem is when you change, your mind follows you. And if you don't understand the process of intentional rebuilding, you're going to find yourself in the same loops. Mm -hmm. So, and 
and that being um, echoed in my own life, I didn't end up leaving, but I changed the person that I was spending the most time with. And then we got into this really virtuous cycle of self-improvement, which I may not have ever gotten into had I not met Lisa. So um, changing the people that you hang out with, I think is, is certainly more important than changing the environment, but often changing the environment intentionally or otherwise changes the people. Got it. Yeah. It's correlated. I see. Um, I also want to talk about education. Uh, because one of the things that really helped Olympia was going, you know, she said going to that magnet school and she described it as then I was around geniuses. I was around people who were brilliant. I was learning from them every day. Um, she was learning at the school and then she later got tutored by someone, um, in calculus. Uh, is education also a method to sort of change your circumstances and talk about the differences now between like the traditional educational path and other sources of education. So, um, give me the, the exact words you used for the first part of the question is, is it changing your environment? Is, is education the way to change your circumstance? Well, so it can be, and here's what I find really interesting. I don't think there's a one size fits all to the answer of the education conundrum. I'll call it a conundrum. So for me, because I was so lazy, Going to school and having crushing expectations was part of what allowed me to buckle down and really work hard. So there was a confluence of things happening in my mind. One, I had cheated my way through high school and that didn't make me feel good about myself. It didn't make me feel bad though, if I'm honest. Yeah. It didn't it didn't make me feel good. And I had this sense of okay. Did I'm, you feel like you were learning in high school though? Or were you just, were you just kind of going through the motions? No, no, no. I felt like I was, so I, I was young and stupid. Let's really start with that. So I'm not reinforcing what I believed then, but this is what I believed at the time that they weren't teaching me things that I cared about or was going to need in the future. So I felt this, like the arrogance of being young and saying like, these adults don't know anything. They've totally lost touch. Like, why are they making me learn this? And in fairness to kids, like if the teacher doesn't know how to explain why it's going to be useful, like that's really, I think that's a, a critical thing. I think teachers, man, if you want to have a major impact, stop and really come up with true and amazing answers to why do I need to know this? And by the way, like, don't be afraid. If the answer is you don't, then <laughs> those are the things that we need to change. All right. I don't want to go too far afield. Sure. I'm not an expert in that at all. But so this is where my mindset was as a child. They're not teaching me the things that I'm actually going to need. Um, and I, I had a very strong sense when I was younger that getting to understand people was really important. And so I felt like I was getting to understand people that I was spending my time engaging with other people that, so I wasn't just sitting in my room listening to music. There was a lot of that, but I was also like connecting with people, spending a lot of time talking on the phone, like admittedly, partly because like it was mostly women and like I was terrible with women, but nonetheless obsessed. Um, and, but in that I be, I really got into um, because when you're the nice guy who listens, you become like the place everybody goes to like deal with their major dramas. And at the time I'm thinking that the best way I will bring it all back around. I'm feeling like the best way is to, um, to, to get laid is to like read Cosmo and understand women and listen to their problems. And like, I was captain friend zone. And, but in that I actually spent an obscene amount of hours, like really trying to listen and understand to people that were going through significant turmoil in their life. It was the first moment where I got introduced to how many people are contemplating suicide. 
Um, and so like going through that process and all that, um, was very interesting. So this is all like going on in my head, but when I go to, to college, I'm like, okay, well this, I have picked a major and a school that is supposedly going to teach me exactly what I want to be great at. And I'm going to be taking on debt to do it. So like, if what you were saying in high school is real, then you need to buckle down. And if what you were saying in high school was bullshit, you need to buckle down, right? Because either way, if I was just being lazy, taking on debt and not paying attention to the thing that I supposedly care about wouldn't make sense. And if it was real and now I'm learning the things that I actually want to learn, then I need to actually learn it. I need to actually get good at it. And I did have a sense of when I get into the real world, and I'm grateful for this, and I have no idea why I believed this to the core of my being. It may have had something to do with stand-up comedy where you're either funny or you're not. Um, I knew I actually have to get good at film. Like I actually have to be good. And if I'm not good, I'm gonna be in real trouble. So I better really pay attention. So getting there was um, very much a way of changing my circumstances and getting me to think and, and be in something else. And then the second part of your question was... Just the differences between the traditional educational uh, yeah. route and so other here's here's why this is a, a a real conundrum. So like I was saying, for me, it was um, I needed that structure. Not necessarily everybody does, but I needed the structure to make sure that I buckled down and really began to learn. Um, for somebody who's self directed, self guided, there's you're probably like uh, a self starter entrepreneur you're way better off. Just go actually build a business, go intern, go like work your way from the ground up. I learned way more about filmmaking by doing it. And I learned way more about business Jesus by a factor of a hundred by doing it than anybody's going to learn. I've talked to MBAs who are fresh out of school and they know fuck all. So it's like, and I get it right. The, yeah. a it's hard. B it's not the, the majority of the teachers won't have spent their time building businesses. You do get them for sure. And that, that is, that has to be unimaginably useful, but it's still a very protected, safe environment. It is not the market slapping you around and telling you that something does or doesn't work. It isn't employees where you are not able to help them actuate themselves within your company. And so there's all kinds of problems that are breaking um, out because of that. So there's just no um, substitute for actually doing it. But that wouldn't have worked for me because I wasn't a self-starter yet. So I needed that. So it, it, when I spoke to, so I was interviewed recently by somebody that took on $825,000 in debt to become an orthodontist. And that is so terrifying. I can't imagine ever encouraging somebody to do that. In fact, I'll just say right now, if you're taking much north of like $100,000 in debt, like it doesn't seem worth it. Um, God, maybe for a lawyer or something, but like, if, if money is meaningful to you, how about that? If living a life that is devoid of money stresses is meaningful to you, I, I don't see how you make it work. Yeah. Um, cool. We're about 20 minutes in. I want to remind everyone we're doing <clears throat> Facebook and YouTube live for After Impact. We're talking about Olympia LaPointe in her episode that aired on Tuesday. Um, we're doing this on Friday. We don't typically do it. On Friday, we usually do it on Wednesday. So if you prefer it on Friday, let us know in the comments so that we can change up our schedule accordingly. We wanted to give people more time to actually watch the episode, digest it, and then have some thoughts to participate in the comments. Um, but if it's just too many days and now it's past you and you've forgotten all the lessons learned from that episode, then go back and watch the episode. There you go. And one option is to write down your questions as yeah. you're going through the episode so that you have them there. 
I also want to comment on the shirt you're wearing. Which yeah, I just buddy. Realized is a unreleased shirt. This isn't released yet. No. Oh man. Unreleased. And like mad love to Will, who yeah. designed this bad boy. Yeah, it's Respect. a great shirt. I like this. So that's a little teaser, everyone, for the uh, coming. We have a store, a new store, coll- or sorry, collection launch happening in a couple of weeks. So you'll be able to get that shirt and a few others that are pretty awesome. So and we did a really cool um, photography session. Yeah. I don't know what else to call that for the clothes, which I'm really, really excited about. Do we have Lindsay's? Um, can we drop that in like the comments, her website? So this is somebody who's a fan of the show. And wrote in, she actually wrote in to say, hey, I've already done these photos. They're already featured on the website from the previous photo shoot she did. Yeah. Um, we were all like super blown away. Even the story of the model that she used was unbelievably cool. Very impact theory. And she wanted to do something more to really help and show her support, which is just absolutely incredible. Uh, so please, please, boys and girls, let's drop her um, website into the feed because our debt of gratitude to Lindsay knows no bounds. She's been really, really incredible. And then just yesterday she did a whole photo shoot with Lisa for, um, Lisa's social feed. And I saw, I've seen exactly one photo from the back of the camera. Holy hell, like really, really cool. So she's a very talented photographer that we're super honored. Yeah. uh, That has been so gracious for us. Let's drop her uh, social handles in there too. So people can go follow her. I just punched myself in the mouth (laughs) in the microphone. (laughs) Instagram, Instagram handle. Um, Cool. All right. Here's a question from Manuel uh, Orsonio. Um, And this is a question that I actually had as well. Tom, do you agree with Olympia about focusing on the negative to see what we must avoid? Here's the thing. She's bringing it up in terms of rocket science. And so I am not going to say that I know anything about it. So if she tells me that you need to focus on the negative for what could go wrong in the case of rocket science, absolutely. In terms of your real life, no. I think that people should be utterly surprised when things go wrong. Why? Because I'm trying to combat the natural Um, tendency for humans to obsessively think about things. Mm. So you're not just going to quickly run through how things could go wrong. You're going to obsessively go over and over and over and over how things could go wrong. And that's what leads to anxiety. And so Mm. when people obsessively think about all the different ways that it could go wrong, you're prepared for it, but you're now hardwiring anxiety. And that is so much more detrimental than planning for the bad things is positive that 100% like people should be focusing obsessively on all the ways that it could go right. And so they talk about in race car driving, your car is going to go wherever your head goes. So if you look at the barrier, you will crash into the barrier. It's guaranteed. So you have to just ignore the fucking barrier and look where you want to go. You will steer towards that. And I think in life, that is absolutely true. And I get it on paper. It makes sense to think through all the eventualities and people that are high in conscientiousness, which according to Vanessa Van Edwards is exactly that, like thinking through all the ways that things could go wrong, pre-planning, making lists, all that. Um, but it just isn't how you grow and accomplish something extraordinary. It's just not. She, she did say one thing that I thought was an interesting nuance to that comment, and that was um, it can be a tool for if you don't understand what you want, 
then looking at what you don't want could be a way to say, okay, well, this, I want the opposite of this. So that's, so it's a way to sort of narrow down. So what do you think about that saying? Like, I don't like, where do I want to be in five years? I'm not really sure. Well, let's think about where I don't want to be in five years. I can definitely identify those and then work backwards. What ends up happening from that in reality is people do nothing. And until you know what you want, until you are chasing something with hunger and desperation. In fact, I was just recording Alexa content and I talked about this concept, which um, I was reading about and it look, it's an echo of a hundred other people have talked about this, but reading about perennial seller by Ryan holiday, this concept of you will never create a masterwork until it is no longer a want. It's a need. So if people don't even know what they want, let alone have turned it into a crushing need, something that they must bring into this world. You will never get there. That is, that is the truth. And look at the world. How many people are actually doing what they want? It, it is vanishingly slim, vanishingly slim. And the reason is people don't take the fucking time to understand you're not going to turn in and see something that, oh my God, I've wanted this whole thing my whole life and I just didn't realize. Like That is such horseshit. You're gonna turn inward, you're gonna see a minor area of interest. If you don't do the work to turn that into the blazing inferno that is your need, then you're never gonna need anything. In which case you're, I'm gonna fucking derail for a second. This is something that is so interesting to me and then you will bring us back. The way that people think I have tomorrow, the way that today is so finite and so like just like another day and tomorrow will have more potential. People don't create the momentum in their life. And I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this. Bear with me because I really want people to understand this concept. You're getting fucked by the fact that today seems so inconsequential that today is just one of many and that it's a Friday and you know what, like I'm gonna hit it hard on Monday. And, and that sense of like, it's, it's so just one of many that people don't buckle down and say, I have to do this right now today. This is why like when pa- people use the word patience, I go fucking crazy. I wanna crawl out of my skin because you will lull yourself into this sense of like, I got something done today. That's great. But you know what? I need to be patient. I need to understand this is going to take a lot of time. Dude, it's going to take a lot of time if you go balls to the wall every day, going all out like a freak, trying to make everything happen right now. It will still take a long time. So if people don't put that kind of intensity into developing a passion, into developing something that they that is like a crushing need, like it has to happen, every day will lull them into this sense of, Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And so they never fucking do anything. You've got to, every now and then, I've said this to you before, every now and then I'll have a terrible night's sleep because when I'm going to bed, I am so enraged by the need for sleep because I like, I get it, I need it, I understand that. But I resent so much that I need to stop doing the things that I, I'm doing because I want to do them. They're fun for me. Like I enjoy it and I want, I want to make sure people understand that because when they hear me like go off on this, they think, oh my God, like this, he's like demented and like, oh, I feel bad for, I love what I do. Yeah. So, and I end up having a bad night's sleep because I, I so resent it that I'm waking up like every hour. Like, can I get up yet? Can I get up yet? Can I get up yet? <sighs> Find that thing.
In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's going to be an area of interest. Build it into a fascination. Build it into a passion. And then every day, go after it so hard. Because if you don't, it will slip into this endless tomorrow. That's amazing. What would you say to someone who maybe doesn't have, is not obsessively thinking about a moonshot like something as grand as your vision, but is very happy with their day-to-day, what they do um, in their job, in their life, with their family or whatever it is, and they're content? That you're already there. They've won. Like there's nothing else. Yeah, they've won 100%. Like... Understand that I'm talking to people that aren't where they want to be, don't know where they want to go, right? So they have this sense of, I'm talking to me at 22 with my face buried in the carpet, feeling lost and hopeless. And that feeling sucks so much. I would have done virtually anything to get out of that and have. And my whole life has been moving away from that and moving towards what I want to create. Like that's it. And it's that, that dual action of making sure I never feel like that again. And then loving what it feels like to. So I bought the domain probably almost 15 years ago now seeking power. 
And if people didn't misunderstand what I mean by the word power, the name of this company would be Seeking Power. And that is that position of realizing that you can actually gain real skills that actually can change the world. And I, I don't mean that in like the grandiose sense. I just mean it, it can actually incrementally make things better. Um, and that is, that is a, a, a position that is the greatest gift that a human can ever receive is to feel on an emotional level, how powerful that is yeah. that wherever you want to go, you can make it happen. Love it. All right. Uh, I think I want to do a quick, uh, announcement about our upcoming contest. We haven't launched it yet. Let's do it. But here's the deal. We just crossed 100,000 subs on YouTube. Thank you, everyone on YouTube, everyone who subscribed there. It was a great and big milestone for us, and we're very appreciative. But we're not going to sit back and chill. So we want to go harder. We want to blow this thing out as much as we can. So we're launching a contest that is a referral program. So it's refer a friend to Impact Theory. And we have a big prize. You want to talk about the prize? I do. So first of all, let's talk about why 115,000. So we celebrated 100,000 on Facebook. Our Facebook and our YouTube are very, very close to each other. It didn't make sense to celebrate both. Um, so the goal that we set for ourselves, which was much more aggressive, was 115,000 on YouTube by October 1st. And this is where you have to be really honest with yourself and look at what's happening. So um, we had a lot going on the last couple of weeks and our contest um, to get, we had originally planned to do a contest to 100,000 on YouTube because psychologically people just get it, right? So uh, even Lisa today was saying 115 is such a random number, uh, but it's the true number. And so um, we were going to do the contest to get to 100, hoping that we would blow past it, that the contest would be successful enough that we'd blow past it and, and be working our way towards 115 by October 1st. And we realized, um, you and I sat down and said, we're not going to make it. And you'd run the math and it was like, okay, given our sort of just organic growth, we'll be at about 108,000 by October 1st. And when you set goals and then don't do something to achieve them, like, that trains either your nervous system or in this case, it would train the team that we set a goal, but Hey, if we miss it, no big deal. Like we had set a goal to have the first comic books out in October. And I can already tell that's not going to happen. I'm going to beat the shit out of myself for that one. Cause that that's on me and it's not on anybody else. So I can't even like give you guys a hard time. Um, so don't think that will go unpunished. Um, <laughs> So we set a goal to hit 115,000 by October 1st. And for anybody that's new to the community, the reason that that is so important is booking the show is very, very hard. And poor Dr. Finesse um, has that role sitting squarely on his shoulders. And his big ask for us is every person that we get into a specifically YouTube, because that's where most people go um, when he reaches out to somebody's agent or whatever and says, hey, we want to get you on the show. They immediately go to YouTube to see how many subs we have. And every day that that number is, I'm just going to say less than a million, you've got a problem. Mm -hmm. So to get the show where we want to get the show, to have the kind of impact that we want to have on the world, blah, 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 like we have to get those numbers up. So that's why um, 115 by October um, first, it's very important to have a goal that is attainable, but hard. So 115 was attainable, but hard. 100 was 
not only attainable as a foregone conclusion. In fact, I think we're already at like 102,000. So um, didn't want to throw it in the dirt. Didn't want to like 150. And then it's like, there's just no way we're going to reach it. And so sure. nobody even tries. So 115 seemed like the real number. So um, the giveaway. So when we did the 24 hour impactathon, we tried to give away a whole bunch of stuff and people kept trading it in for time with me. So what we're, what we want to do, um, the main prize is, and this is to our global audience. So anybody anywhere out there, um, the prize is for referring friends. Every time that you refer a friend, you get one more of your name entered into the hat essentially. Um, so the more people you refer, the more entries into the hat, the more likely you are to win. And it is a flight to Los Angeles to spend a day with me and, um, a night's hotel accommodation. Um, so that's the grand prize. And we have two, um, runner up prizes, which is a prize pack, which you probably know the details better than prize I do. pack. It'll have audible subscriptions, uh, an echo dot, uh, books, swag, impact theory swag. So we're putting that together now, but the contest is really how far can we go with this? And 115 is our internal number, but like that's not where we're stopping. That's right. just the contest is going to go, I think, for three weeks. We're going to go as hard as we can and as fast as we can to really share this content with uh, a larger audience and help more people. Word. So, yeah, 115 is sort of if, if we don't hit that, we have officially failed. Right. So. Uh, but details to come. So check in on Facebook, check in on Instagram. We'll be launching it today. Um, we don't have everything pulled together yet, so we can't send you anywhere now, but we will have it soon. We'll probably drop it in the description to this video later as well. Word up. Nice. Okay. Um, not too many comments or questions coming in today. So guys, if you have questions about the episode or other questions around some of these ideas, please drop them in the comments so that, um, Tom can answer them. Here's, uh, here's a question I have for you. Um, so one of the things that Olympia credits to her success is that she had people in her life who believed that she could have a different future. So the first was her mother. And then I think it was someone at school or maybe her tutor who said that, oh no, uh, the, the story about the, the surgeon or the, the doctor who sewed her face up yeah. after she was cut or pushed. yeah, it's weird. I, I don't <clears throat> think that the reference to the, um, because I in the intro I say she was stabbed in the face. She was stabbed in the face, and either she doesn't say it. I think we cut it out for some reason. But when she got punched, the kid had been sharpening. He had a ring and he sharpened it. Ugh. So and this is like at ten, and he was in a gang, which is crazy, but <clears throat> happens. Yeah. And so when he punched her in the face, it like lacerated her cheek right below her eye. So if you haven't seen the episode, she goes to the doctor to get sewed up, and he says. Um, I did this in a perfect straight line so that one day when you're on TV and you're telling your story, it's not, you know, it's not going to look as bad. It will just be a nice straight line or you could cover it up somehow. And that just like totally flipped a switch in her brain that, oh, one day I could be on TV. Yeah. And I thought that was so cool. So how, what is it about um, having people in your life who, who can paint that different future for you? I mean, this is my obsession with belief system, man. Mm -hmm. Like the movie, The Matrix is about one thing, belief. When Neo doesn't believe he can make the jump, he can't. Now, um, that's not really important. What's important is that that is a true representation of what humans are really like, which is what makes that movie so great. It really captures the human experience. And 
when a doctor, which dude back in, so she and I are roughly the same age. So when we were growing up in the eighties, first of all, doctors were like revered. They were like the ultimate in success. And I remember in the eighties, you essentially like, if you wanted to be rich, you either got into film, um, and TV, or you became a doctor. Like that was just the notion. I had no idea. I didn't even know what a banker was. I didn't know what finance was. Like I didn't understand any of that. So, but you understood a doctor. So when a doctor told you something was possible, like they were the height of intelligence, they were the height of success. And so for a doctor to say to her, like, like the, what they call a presumptive close when you're on TV, right? So it's just assumed that it like all, whatever hurdles there are between her and TV, they're gone. And he didn't say if one day you're ever on TV, he said when you're on TV and she just thought, whoa, like I could be on TV. That's crazy. Like how cool is that? So that's, one of the things that really sits at the core of impact theory is getting people to believe that a future is possible for them. So making sure that people, and this is why it's so important. And, and Lisa's just like obsessed. You want to talk about a need. She has a need to show young girls a new future um, because that was something she did not have as a kid. So really making sure that people see themselves, that they see that someone like them can go on and have that kind of success is, is just incredible because it lays the foundation of a belief system, which will infiltrate every thought you have after. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's something that we, it's part of the culture here, I would say, is that we, we talk about things like when you're talking about the company, when we're bigger than Disney, when we have this many people in our community, when we're changing people's lives in this way, and it's it's a subtle it's 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 a very subtle thing, but it's very powerful. Will you let me like go off on that for a second? Yeah. You can't imagine how many people I meet that are they're like successful. They've accomplished stuff, and they're bigger than us right now. And then I go and speak to them, and I can see like I am making them rethink what they're capable of because we're smaller than them, but our dream is so much bigger. Mm. And they won't even let themselves say out loud that they would want that same thing. And I can see this dual conflict of, do I think this guy's an idiot or am I inspired by how big he's willing to think? And because I say things like that and I say them with confidence and I'm totally assured of it, only not because I actually like know somewhere in my heart. I just know that's how the mind works. And if I don't say that, reinforce that, believe it, act in accordance with it, keep pushing forward, like it won't happen. And when you think about self-sabotage, all self-sabotage is, is you're getting either nervous about the fall, right? So, well, if I get that far, because everybody knows that life is ups and downs, right? So if I get that high, like I'm terrified of falling down or I'm terrified of being disappointed or like they're just scared. Like there's some thing in the lizard brain or wherever it resides that, that does worry about like putting yourself in the, into the position of being the target, right? So if you're the alpha, well, there's always somebody coming after you. And some people just, they don't want that life of stress. And so there's always going to be that voice that tells you you couldn't do it. There's always going to be the voice that says, yeah, that is absurd. That person that wants to like go for that, that's ridiculous. But I I can't say this fucking enough. And I want to become known for the following statement. Humans lead with belief. 
we lead with belief, Jared. You can't do something that you don't believe is possible to figure out. I'm not, when I say that we're going to be bigger than Disney, I'm not saying I already know fucking how to do it. I don't, I have no idea. And I know I'm going to get lost a hundred times along the journey. I fucking know that. But what I know is humans are capable of getting the information that they need. And if you believe that you can learn what you need to learn in order to become bigger than Disney, then you actually can. So being relentless in that and pursuing and going after it and having that need that is crushing it so you keep pushing, like that's how this shit happens. And people just, they don't allow themselves to acknowledge that you have to force yourself to believe that you can figure it out. And without that, they never go anywhere. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about how you cultivated that way of thinking. And I know, I think at one point you mentioned Peter Diamandis and I may be totally misinterpreting, but helping you think even bigger than you were already thinking. Yeah. Reading bold and abundance, dude, my biggest mentors in life have been authors Mm -hmm. and I had read Peter's book. I wanted Peter on the show because I'd read his books and I was like, holy hell, the way this guy thinks is unreal. And when you understand that he launched the X prize without the prize money, He launched the XPRIZE without the prize money, but he was just convinced that if he stayed at it long enough, hard enough, that he could find the money. And he does. And I mean, it launched like the guy started like 19 companies. It's crazy. And they profitable and big and just it's nuts. He's raised uh, at least a billion dollars. It may be multiple billions of dollars for the different companies. And is like, like, eh, it's nuts now. How did I cultivate that? Because Peter was sort of one thing in that journey. And what I think makes the way that I think useful to other people is I have always, always, always tried to figure out what is real. What is real about the human condition? So humans lead with belief. That's not fake it till you make it. That's fucking real. It is how humans work. So I'm not saying it should be that way. I'm just saying it is that way. And if you don't, Believe that you can learn it. I want to make sure people understand that. I'm not saying believe you're the best in the world. You're not. But you can become the best in the world because the human is an adaptation machine for a very simple reason. Nature makes a decision with every creature that it creates. Am I going to hardwire this from the beginning, right? A foal, I believe that's how you say it, a baby horse, mm. comes out, can already walk. Humans cannot. So it they made the decision, cool, we're going to hardwire this. and But that means that it's limited in its options moving forward because so much of its brain is taken up with hardwiring. Humans, on the other hand, are malleable. So we can go in any direction. But that means that we're born a lump of flesh that has to be taken care of and looked after for years and years and years. It's crazy. But that gives us this amazing ability to pick a direction to go in it, to change direction, go in another direction. So we're like the ultimate blank slate. You're not entirely blank. I get that. But so much more compared to other animals. And so to fail to take advantage of that, to me, is just the ultimate waste of potential. Great. All right. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Here's a question. So Olympia, she failed in math for many years and she continued to study it. And then she felt like she was really making progress and learning. And then I believe she gave her all and failed on her AP test. Right. Yeah. Um, and then she decided, well, 
I'm going to keep learning more. I'm going to keep pushing. So is there a time when you step back and say, do I continue pushing toward this or do I pivot to something else? Yeah, I, I think revisiting that very frequently is probably a very wise idea. And anybody that's an entrepreneur certainly should be asking, is this a skill set that I acquire or is this a skill set that I partner with somebody? Yeah. And so Lisa and I are a great example of that. You and I are a great example of that, where it's people with complementary skill sets that it's like, I'm not, I'm not drawn to managing and thinking through that process and really going like when I thought the day that I realized that there's a difference between being a leader and a manager was it was exhilarating and depressing at the same time. It was exhilarating because I could see the solution to a problem I'd been creating for myself in business for a very long time and had not understood it. Because when people resonate with the way that I am, dude, you're not gonna find anybody better, more encouraging, all of that. But the problem is the way that I encourage is by holding you to a ridiculously high standard and annoying the shit out of you by never flagging on, this is the fucking standard, like we gotta do it and constantly bringing people back around to the mindset, the mindset, the mindset. But the vast majority of the world does not resonate with that from the jump. And they need somebody to like really like walk them through, create processes and procedures to help them like go from one point to another. And because I'm so hell bent to do something with my own life, like I, I'm just not drawn to that. So that's why when people like call me um, a teacher, I'm always like, that's not fair to teachers hmm. because teachers like they're willing to go on that journey, like step by step and really like in the trenches. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just not like, I'm going to be over here fucking running and hopefully inspiring the shit out of you and showing you what it's about. But I'm going to give you like the straight reality. This is the fucking situation. And now you either deal with it or you don't. And so there are countless people that have pulled me aside and what they needed was a manager and they pulled me aside and they said the following. I want to be you in five years. And then I made the mistake of not recognizing what they really need as somebody to, to really create that path and all of that. And so then I gave them like that leadership, like, cool. All right, motherfucker, you're here with me on the floor. Watch how I work. Watch the standard that I hold myself to. Hold yourself to the same fucking standard. All you have to do is keep up, right? That's your job right now. Mm -hmm. And they would leave that meeting crestfallen because it wasn't what they were looking for. Mm. And feeling like I didn't hear them, feeling like this guy's a dick. Because, and so after I had done that enough times, I started saying, don't say that please. Like understand that all I do when people say that to me is I now instantly hold you to my standard and I externalize my internal voice. And for most people, that's not a lot of fun. So mm. that that's, to bring it back around to your question, like I had to realize that was not a skill that I wanted, but it was such an important skill. Somebody on the team had to have it. So you always need to be like checking yourself against that. Like, what are the skills I want? What are the skills that like I know are critical, but I, I'm just not like, it's not my personality and understanding that there's a big difference between roles and something being more valuable. So being the CEO is a role. It's not more valuable. And when, and just the other day, like if you guys, and I, I was saying this to the team, when you, if you've ever seen that, it's usually done with politicians, right? They show like a plank and the politician standing over an abyss and the, the populace is usually how it's drawn or standing on the plank, keeping him from falling. And that if they scattered, he would fall. The same is true of a CEO, 
right? Yeah. You, you are standing out there and you were able to do what you're able to do because you have an amazing team that's keeping you from falling into the abyss. So I'm just so hyper aware of that. So I know my role is not more important. It's just different. And so you've really got to make sure that you have the people with the right skill sets or that you develop it yourself. And in Olympia's case, I mean, she wanted to maybe, I don't know if she knew at this time, but she was on the path to becoming a rocket scientist. You have to be exceptional at math to be a rocket scientist. So someone in that scenario where it's like, this is a skill set they need in order to do the thing that they want to do in life more than anything else, but they're not good at it. What do you do then? Well, it's super interesting. And I don't know what drew her to math because, um, like she was saying, she didn't set out to be a rocket scientist. So I don't know. I, my gut instinct is what drew her to math is it was hard, but attainable. And that's like that sweet spot for humans. It's like the 115 goal, right? It's gotta be hard that when you get it, you're going to be like, fuck yeah, we did this. Right. But it can't be so hard that you just don't even try. Right. So um, do you know who Ted Kaczynski is? Yes. Who is he? Isn't he the Unabomber? Yes. Yeah. Do you know what his rampage was about? Uh, didn't he want to like um, bring government back to a basic level? Or no, this, he was bombing universities. And the reason he was bombing universities was he believed that they were solving all of the problems in the sweet spot. And that if universities kept on at their current rate, there would only be easy problems that nobody gave a shit about and really hard problems that um, were just too far. And and so nobody could ever get that like amazing, um, I did it, man. Like I worked really hard. And that's one of those like where the evil guy in the movie, you're kind of like, he makes a little sense. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so like, look, the Unabomber is just straight fucking crazy. But what he was saying that humans had, like there is this sweet spot of man, that was hard, but I feel so good about myself having persevered and gotten to the answer. He's smack bang. And so my gut is that's where math was for her. And then when you go to look for a job, it's like, oh, well, how does math really turn itself into a really cool job? And that's how she ends up at Boeing. Nice. Um, here's just a general question about the episode and you've sort of touched on it already, but what, what is it about her mentality that was most impactful to you from this episode? What I love about this is if you really go back and listen to it, this is not a tale of somebody with natural talent. Yeah. This is a tale of somebody who found that sweet spot where things were hard, but she could do it. That persevered. She had to borrow a dollar 35 to go every day on the bus. And if I remember right, it's two hours each way to get to the tutor who was going to help her get better at math. And the, the, I think it was a teacher made the announcement to the whole class. Hey, anybody that wants to come, you you know, these are my hours. And she was the only one that went and she assumed the whole class would be there. And And everyone else lived right there Yeah, in in the neighborhood. So that to me, like understanding that and that understanding that she then becomes a tutor and confesses to the person hiring to be a tutor. I don't know how to do this. And that person is like, don't worry, sit with them, read the book, learn it with them. You'll be surprised like how advantageous that will be for them. Mm -hmm. And then that ends up being advantageous for her. And so her life is all about learning. And then she gets hired at Boeing, feels like she's in over her head. She sees this one guy whose name was Zhao. Something like that. She yeah. corrects me in the episode, and I fucking forget again how you say this poor guy's name. Zhao. Zhao, maybe. maybe. It's close. Yeah. It's in there. Um, and she sees that he is brilliant, but just has too much more work than he can do. And she thinks, okay, I'm exhausted at the end of my day, but 
I'm going to stay and I'm going to help him in the hope that he'll teach me. And he does. And he takes her under her wing and informal mentorships in jobs, by the way, are like so correlated to happiness in your job, not formal ones, which was very eye-opening for me as the person that as the CEO is tempted to like force people to be in a mentorship relationship. Can you describe the difference real quick? Yeah. So if, if I say to you, okay, um, Chase, your mentor is Jared, Jared, you need to mentor Chase. That's very different than Chase sees that you're overwhelmed with a bunch of stuff or, I mean, this is literally Will's life goes, all I know how to do is move chairs right now, but I'm going to get in the world with people gloms onto you, realizes that he wants to learn marketing. You take him under your wing. You like get him doing projects that are way over his head, but like you're super patient with him and you really work with him. And now legitimately I'll fucking put Will in a death match on IG with like some heavy hitters in the world of marketing, like for real yeah. legit, like no question. We all turn to him stuff, yeah. and he's like a kid. He's just a kid. <laughs> and by the way, he moved to America like a couple years ago, yeah. which freaked me out. I was like, say what? Cause he was like, Oh, I got the hookup back in Vietnam. And I'm like, what do you mean you have a hookup in Vietnam? He's like, I just moved here from Vietnam, which <laughs> yeah. is still too bizarre for words for me. Um, but like that was incredible to watch that happen in real time. And that was informal mentorship. So I think there's just a deeper connection when you know you don't have to do it, nobody's telling you to do it, and that you, it went from like knowing each other to really working with each other because you're connecting, right? Yeah, because there's like yeah. a real, there's something there. And that trust and that connection, not everybody connects with everybody. So when it's informal, it's because the two of them like found some bond, some something together, like she found uh, with Zhao, Zhao. Um, so yeah, that part of the interview really struck me because... Um, it's more, it's not even mentorship. It's like, like you said, the word bond, like she connected with somebody. And then she said, we had each other's back. And there's no better feeling when you're working on a team, when you know there's people there, like you have my back, I have your back. We're going to learn and grow together. We're going to, as a team, like accelerate that much faster. Individually, we'll accelerate because we're all sharing knowledge, helping each other, teaching each other things we didn't know. It's really cool. Really cool, really powerful. And yeah, I mean, those are magical relationships. And so I have a, a somewhat funny story that has nothing to do with business or anything. Um, I was living at my mother-in-law's house. She wasn't my mother-in-law at the time. She was my fiance's uh, mother, amazing human being. And she was having carpet replaced. And I remember, and the guy was there doing it and she comes up like flustered and she's like, will you come, the, the carpet they're trying to put down is like all messed up and I just need you to like back me up because the guy's saying there's nothing wrong with it. And so I'm like, hell yeah, like go downstairs. And my mother-in-law has really had to learn to stand up for herself um, as, you know, a divorced woman with three kids. And like, she just really had to learn to be tough so that people didn't take advantage of her and all this stuff. And she's also just incredibly sweet. So when you look at this woman, like if you're a bad person, you're going to want to take advantage of her. She seems like an easy mark. She is not, I assure you. Uh, but she, she had to train herself into that. So I go downstairs and I look at the carpet and it looks fucking perfect. (laughs) And she's like, look, see, see, like, look at all the lines in the carpet. And, and I'm like, fuck, fuck. Like, I'm really trying to see what she's talking about. And I just don't see it. And the carpet looks perfect. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe it. Cause you, I got to have her back. Yeah, right. Yeah. And to know that somebody's going to go to bat for you. Like, even when internally they're like, uh, like you may be off base on this. It is a great fucking feeling. Mm. And that's why I talk about in a marriage, like, man, you should feel like they're number one. You should know that they're going to have your back no matter what. It's yeah. a really good feeling. Awesome. 
Here's a question from Opal Ridge Holmes. Uh, can I, as a parent, get trapped in what happened to Olympia when the doctor said she would be on TV? I think that the doctor was too specific on her possibilities. Um, I, I get what she's saying. Like you're painting a vision that may not be authentic to that person. Um, I think if we all sort of reach into the minds of the doctor, first of all, this is back in the eighties. So being on TV was like unimaginably cool. It's not like now where there are other outlets and all that stuff. Um, and it was just him, I'm sure trying to be sweet about you're going to be as beautiful as people on TV. That's all he was really trying to say. And whether it should be or not, that's very meaningful, especially to young women. And so, yeah, I don't, you know, inevitably, unless you follow Carol Dweck's advice and always reward only the process and never like the talent or anything like that, there is for sure. Like when you tell somebody, like, I'm sure somebody told me I was funny when I was a kid and that sent me on a spiral into, um, wanting to be the funny guy. And I know for a fact that part of what turned my, um, interest in filmmaking into a fascination, it's not what turned it into a passion, but what took me from interested in filmmaking to fascinated by filmmaking. My dad said, I think you're actually better behind the camera than you are in front of the camera. And I thought, really so then i when my friends and i would go out with the camcorder and film stuff like i thought yeah like i am the one that knows where to put the camera so i'll start putting the camera and none of my friends wanted to do it so and that like he said that to me when i was 12 and the funny thing is when i tell people i've known i wanted to be a filmmaker since the time i was 12 every time i think of my dad saying mm -hmm. that because that was like that thing that like put it on my radar so there's no question like Little weird offhanded comments like that can really echo through somebody's life. And usually it's negative. Usually somebody accidentally says something like, um, wow, your, your, uh, your braces look weird. And then like you fucking derail forever and you think you're ugly. And so, and that's a terrible example, but there we've all had like that weird offhanded comment that like stuck with us for years and years and years. Um, so you do have to be careful reason 462, why I don't have kids butterfly effect. I'm terrified that some random comment echoes but that does bring it all around to what you were talking about in the beginning of this which was your environment and the people you're around are super important yeah so i mean yeah it, it, especially when you're young dude it is crazy town how it just slowly slowly creates a belief system mm -hmm. in you yeah it's nuts awesome well we are out of time for today all right well, guys and gals, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was amazing. I apologize for hand-holding the mic, but actually, hopefully, the diehards in the crowd get it. Um, you just got to keep moving. So we didn't miss a beat after we got things all held together. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Move forward. Even when it's imperfect, doesn't matter. Thank you guys for joining us. And that, by the way, it's a great episode for this to have happened on because that is Olympia's whole message. Like, just keep going. Keep getting better. Yep. Don't worry about failures. Just keep pushing. Get that knowledge. So yeah, this was a great one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget that we've got that contest kicking off. So keep your eyes open. If you haven't already added me to your Alexa daily flash briefing, go do that right now. Just tell your Alexa to add Tom Bilyeu to your flash briefing and she should get it immediately. If not, go into the app, search for my name. There I shall be. I record content for that. I don't record it daily, but we've got daily content. It is recorded specifically for that day. So go out and get on that. It's pretty cool. All right. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.
Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.